Thank you for listening to sermons from the Anglican Church Noosa. This sermon focuses on the Trinity and how God reveals himself as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. The Bible passage is Matthew 3, 13 to 17 and the preacher is Brad Henley. The first Bible reading for today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verses 11 to 14 and can be found in your pew Bibles on page 1166. That's page 1166. And from verse 11, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice! Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All God's people here send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 13 to 17, which can be found in your pew Bibles at page 967. 967. From verse 13 we read, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfil all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Very good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you today. Um, It's wonderful to uh, visit this side of of the parish and to see all your your beautiful smiling faces. Um, I would like to get up here more often, but it's not always possible. Well, everyone in the world needs security. We need to feel safe and secure in order to survive and to thrive in life. During the bombing raids of World War II, thousands of children were orphaned and were left to starve. The fortunate ones were rescued and placed in refugee camps where they received food and good care. But many of those children were deeply troubled. They'd lost so much. And so they could not 
uh, feel a sense of peace and they didn't um, feel a peace to sleep at night. They feared waking up to find themselves once again homeless and without food. Nothing that the, the adults could do could help to reassure them. But finally, someone came up with the idea of giving them a slice of bread. And so at bedtime, they've had all their meals for the day and just as they were going to bed, they were given a slice of bread, not to eat, but just to hold on to. Because with that piece of bread in their hand, they had a sense that they ate today and tomorrow they'd at least have one more thing to eat. And that small slice of bread gave them enough security that they could finally sleep in peace. Today I ate and tomorrow I will eat again. But in order to do more than just survive in life, in order to thrive in life, we need a really solid foundation. Our reading from Matthew uh, in, with Jesus' baptism shows Jesus' solid foundation for life. It shows us his place of security and safety. And by looking at his solid foundation in life, we can find the most secure place for all of our lives. You see, Jesus' security came from his relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Living within the safety of his relationship with the Father and the Spirit, Jesus was secure no matter what happened. He had peace within, even when there were storms outside. I remember when our daughters were born, I, I really marveled at the love that I had for something that was, for lack of a better term, useless. <laughs> these, these girls of mine, they, they caused pain and lack of sleep, backaches and headaches, and um, I loved them. It was incredible. Uh, newborns are, are expensive. They make a huge amount of mess somehow. Uh, their, their one physical contribution to the house is filling their nappies. It was a bizarre experience. But despite all of the complications they add to our lives, we love them completely. Before they have a chance to impress us, to really do anything, we love them and we approve of them. Now, God the Father is a bit similar with his son, Jesus. Before Jesus has really done anything noteworthy, God the Father spoke out over him, a voice from heaven, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus was secure because God the Father loved him unreservedly. If you read through Matthew's gospel up to this point in chapter 3, Jesus has been a helpless little baby. He was visited by the wise men, dragged off to Egypt as a refugee and dragged back to Israel as a small child. To this point, he hadn't contributed anything. The angels, well, they'd impressed. And the obedience of Joseph and the wise men, that was notable. But the young Jesus had done nothing. All of a sudden in our reading, it jumps to 30 years later, and Jesus had kept the ordinary path of a child at his time. He followed in Joseph's footsteps as a builder, carpenter. And the other thing that we know about uh, Jesus' childhood is from Luke's gospel. 
where his family, presumably annually, uh, went to celebrate the Passover. But Jesus doesn't appear to have been involved in any particular ministry. He hadn't really done anything that could have possibly earned God's approval or love. And yet the father says over him, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The insight that we receive into God through this passage is astounding. We see the unreserved approval, father to son and spirit to son. As the spirit descends upon Jesus, we not only see Jesus being anointed for the beginning of his ministry, but we see the unity of the three in love. No wonder the first epistle of John can say, God is love. The Father loves the Son and always has. The Spirit loves the Son and always has. And the Son loves the Father and the Spirit and they always have. If God were a single monolith, a monad, uh, without relationship, we could not say that God is love. But the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are three persons united in love. The Bible reveals that there is one God who is an unbreakable unity of three, a triunity or trinity. Now, I'm sure you've heard that the word trinity is not in the Bible, But it's this passage and a number of others that led the early Christians to believe that the Father is God, Jesus is God, and the Spirit is God. And they simultaneously affirmed that there is still only one God. This is one of the most beautiful images in the Bible. It's one of the deepest, most revealing moments that shows the relational God relating within God's self. At Jesus' baptism, the the curtain is drawn back and we have insight into God's eternal life. The Father loves the Son and approves of him. The Spirit loves the Son and approves of him and fills him and empowers him for his mission. And the Son loves the Father and the Spirit. The three are united in love. Together, the three are so united, they are one. Now, the teaching of the Trinity is not a maths problem. It is the good news that God is love, and we are invited. How do we know that we're invited? Well, it's like the fall when humanity first sinned, broke the bridge between God and people from humanity's side. God still loved his people and wanted relationship with us, but the bridge was broken on our side. And so Jesus came down and joined us on our side of the bridge to fix it from there. In our reading, John the Baptist was a bit confused when Jesus came to be baptised. John tried to talk Jesus out of it, but Jesus insisted. See, Jesus was being baptised to fully identify with humanity, to fully identify with us, to stand on our side of that broken relationship. Unlike us, Jesus was not baptised to be cleansed from sin, but to show that he was truly one of us. Baptism is then like a new exodus, like God leading his people from death and slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea into new life in the promised land. 
The commentator Leon Morris explains why Jesus was baptized. He says, Jesus might have been up there, up the front, uh, standing with John and calling on all the sinners to repent. But instead, he was down with the sinners, affirming his solidarity with them, making himself one with them in the process of the salvation that he would in due course accomplish. You see, Jesus' submission to John's baptism is extreme identification with humanity. And it's also agreement with John's message and ministry. See, it's only from within that God can recover humanity's broken side of the bridge between us and the Father. And Jesus did everything necessary to repair that relationship through what he did on the cross. Because Jesus was fully secure in his relationship with the Father and the Spirit, he was able to go through the worst possible time ever through giving his life on the cross. And just as Jesus was fully secure in that relationship of love, Father, Son, and Spirit, we are made to be secure and included in God's life. He invited us in by repairing that broken bridge. Last week, we celebrated Pentecost. It was a beautiful, somewhat chaotic, surprising, paradigm-shifting event. Pentecost was when the Holy Spirit came with power and filled ordinary believers like you and I, who then carried the truth of God's word out into the world in the heart languages of the people. When Jesus repaired that bridge with the Father, it wasn't so that he could just walk across it by himself and let the bridge fall away into oblivion. No, he repaired that bridge strong and secure so that anyone and everyone who could follow after him. So now, filled with his Holy Spirit, we are drawn into the very life of God. So we are made to be included by God. We are made to hear what our brother Jesus heard. You are my child who I love. With you I am well pleased. When we have that kind of security, that kind of solid foundation in life, we can survive the worst and thrive in life. Last week I quoted from John Stott And I think it was so good that I've got to do it again today. Um, Stott said, It's no good giving me a play like Hamlet or King Lear and telling me to write a play like that. Shakespeare could do it, but I cannot. And it's no good showing me a life like the life of Jesus and telling me to live a life like that. Jesus could, but I cannot. But if the genius of Shakespeare could somehow live in me, then I could write plays like his. And if the spirit of Jesus could come and live in me, then I could live a life like his. And that's the truth of Pentecost. And that's where we want to end up with the Trinity. When the spirit fills us, our lives begin to look more and more like Jesus' life. Our character reforms, our pointy edges are sanded off. The fruit of the Spirit begins to grow in us and flow through us. 
love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. These character traits from our brother Jesus begin to work their way into our lives by his spirit. Our reading from 2 Corinthians is one of the earlier letters written in the New Testament. And it shows that the believers had begun to come to terms with God who is three and one. The God who is love, who invites us in. Paul doesn't say, uh, you, you thought there was only one God, but there's actually three. No, he says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Along with many other New Testament passages, Paul simply identifies the three persons of the Trinity who are so united that they are one. These three persons of the Trinity are all active in the lives of Jesus' disciples. The Lord Jesus gives us grace, forgives us and makes us whole. The Father loves us and approves of us and the Holy Spirit draws us in. By the Spirit living in us, we can cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. Jesus becomes our brother and we are drawn into a worldwide fellowship of believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. So today we've seen Jesus' extreme identification with us means that we can be identified with him. We can live in him, in his resurrection life. And in Jesus, God says to us, you are my child who I love. With you, I am well pleased. And this happens the instant that we're included in Christ by faith. Think of the the criminal on the cross next to Jesus. He appealed to Jesus and Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. That criminal didn't even have the opportunity to do a single good deed for Jesus before he died. He was included in God's life when he trusted Jesus. He had God's forgiveness and new life when he put his faith in Jesus. So when we are included in Christ through faith, at that moment, God says to us, you are my child who I love. With you, I am well placed. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, is the one who takes what Jesus has done for us and makes it real in our lives. The Spirit helps us to, Hebrews 12, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. The Spirit enables us to contemplate, to chew over and enjoy how glorious Jesus is and to be transformed, to be like him. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Today, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of Jesus, dwells in you. Do you know that? Not do you know that, but do you know that? I have moments from time to time when I really, really know that the Spirit dwells in me. But it feels like far too often 
I'm rushing around too busy to realize this incredible gift of God that is mine. If you're like me, you have glimpses of this true reality from time to time. You see heaven open and this triune God of love who's invited us in to participate in his life. But there are only glimpses. It's not the full experience. You don't always feel the weight of that truth, that freedom of the voice of God saying, you are my child who I love. With you, I am well pleased. And so today... And every day, why don't we slow down enough to hear God say over us that he loves us, that he's pleased with us, to hear this God who is love, Father, Son, and Spirit, inviting us into this place of eternal security and to flourishing. Let's spend the time that we need each day to remind our souls, to preach to ourselves this truth that we're included in God's life. This father loving his son in the joy of the Holy Spirit has invited us in. And when we become more aware of our position through the grace of Christ, that we're included in this incredible life-transforming security of God, we will transform the world in the power of the Spirit. Let me lead us in prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, once again, would you please draw back that curtain of heaven? Help us to see true reality. Help us to know the Pentecost gift of your Holy Spirit. Come fill us again, Holy Spirit. Give us a deep awareness of your incredible love. Help us to understand and to truly know what Jesus has done for us and to experience the difference that you make in our daily lives. We are secure in you. We are loved by you. We're adopted as your children and filled with your spirit. Give us the confidence of being your sons and daughters, included in your life of love. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Anglican Church Noosa is an evangelical Anglican church on the northern end of the Sunshine Coast, Queensland, Australia. Our vision is living to love and proclaim Jesus. Our core values are being Christ-centered, Bible-based, spirit-led, and mission-shaped. If you have found this sermon helpful, and would like to contribute to the ongoing ministry of ACN, please go to our website, anglicanchurchnoosa.org forward slash giving. Thank you for listening.